Welcome back to the Crude Life, a morning show, play hard, work hard. Our final segment before we baton it off to U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer with our work hard segment. I'll be doing that interview on the Swan Energy phone line. Big announcement come Monday. We have a studio sponsor. Woohoo! And what else do we got? Oh, our weekly sponsor this week, Orange Property Management and Maxwell's Restaurant. Thank you very much. We had an excellent dinner last night at Maxwell's. I had the salmon, the business dinner. We also had, well, there were steaks and let's see what else. There's a pasta dish. I did not have a Cuban because you, Jason didn't bring me one. You had family obligations. Yeah, I ended up having, uh, I think it was leftovers. Normally that was me in the past, by the way, that I always <laughs> missed out on a lot of the business dinners over the last, say, five years because of uh, family, family obligations. Well, Got to be a dad. Hey, now that my son is uh, 14, I'm just Uber and ATM. <laughs> right. And next year when he gets his license, <laughs> I'll just be ATM. Yeah, There's yeah and landlord. <laughs> just landlord and ATM, baby. That's it. So... Hey, I'm getting a little bit more free time. Oh, and man. anyway, thank you very much, Maxwell's, for making us feel at home and being a big supporter of the crude life and the oil and gas industry. All right. Now, uh, we have got news coming up. So let's... Uh, are you ready? Yes, sir. I mean, you've been frantically just well, trying to get it's all these... Friday. Right. It's Friday. You know, there's it's, it's that cross between what's fun and, and what's real and what's going on, but... Okay, so this is coming out of Fox News. Oil and gas workers say they feel betrayed by Biden administration. Keystone Pipeline ripped out from under us. Longtime oil and gas industry workers David and Christina Dickerson are criticizing President Joe Biden's executive order canceling the Keystone XL Pipeline. They say the order which displaced them from the project is threatening their economic stability. I feel betrayed, David, who has worked in oil and gas industry for 31 years, said. They go on to talk about the executive order, which was signed in January, revoking the, the March 2019 permit for the XL pipeline. It was a project was expected to create approximately 13,000 high paying union jobs in the U.S. and Canada, according to a 2020 report. So you got people that are dipping into the retirement fund, their 401k, you know, all because of the stroke of a pen. Mm hmm. And this is a different stroke of the pen, too. This is a... Um, this is something well, you're going to talk to Kramer, uh, uh, Senator Kramer about. I believe, and I will ask Senator Kramer this, I believe it's quite simple. It's the Webster's definition. So no politics here, folks. This is not a political statement, what I'm about to say. If I were to take a sterile look at this, from Webster's definition, this is nothing short of rank prejudice. It's a ranking of prejudice. That's all it is. And the oil and gas industry is being ranked to the tune to where the president has said, tough shit, go build solar panels. I'm editorializing with the tough shit part, but he did say, quit and go, you know, reinvent yourself, whatever his words uh, were. Uh what were they? What did he say? Well, it was it was pretty much like that. It was go make it was it was go it was go build solar panels. But you must be the straight man here, and even you're agreeing with me. No, absolutely. That's that's what they were saying. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's just really poor branding. You know, if you're going to come out and talk about potentially removing a whole section of jobs 
out of the economy and out of communities. You got to have something to back it up other than, well, you guys will figure that out. Right. right? And then even here, they're talking. But by the way, you can't figure it out because we're controlling the marketplace. That's the other part of the story that's so uh, lost on people is this is nothing short of rank prejudice and the government stepping in and controlling the marketplace. This is... This is well beyond subsidies, okay? Yeah. Subsidies were known for controlling the marketplace for a long time, okay? So if, if, if you're in the ag industry and you wanted to plant something outside of corn or soy or wheat, mm-hmm. good luck because there wasn't a lot of subsidies for yeah. you. So it was a big gamble, all right? And crop insurance, if you don't get subsidies, you, you got to pay more in crop insurance. And okay, it's a whole thing like that. What this is is totally different. This is the commander-in-chief, the president, saying, hey, we're going to end this industry, and we're going to focus on this industry that's probably worse for the environment. You know, even if it was the best call to make, it's the wrong way to make it. You know, and in, and in fact, the, the two people that uh, they were interviewing here, David and Christina Dickerson, they were saying no one's reached out to them about alternative jobs in the energy industry. Um, he says, I'm 53 years old. It's too late for me to start over again, but it's way too early for me to retire. You know, and so I think that's that if you're worried about losing your 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 life, your your financial life, you're you're not going to care about what the message is. And all this is is a symbolic gesture. We're going to close down this pipeline. It's stories like this that make me want to ask or even just not even ask, tell Senator Kramer that this 3-day strike of the industry is going to start having a conversation about it. I need not, to stock up on propane. Not, again, not that it's ever going to happen, but almost like a threat just to say, listen, hey, Sean Hannity, hey, hey, View, hey, Sports Center, start talking about what would the world like, would, what would the world look like if the energy industry did a three-day strike? Well, you know, these people they're interviewed, they've been in oil and gas for 31 years, and he's saying, I'm n- not against the environment. He says it's a good idea that we need to address the environmental concerns, but it requires a gradual uh, approach. He says we're still going to be dependent on fossil fuels. That doesn't stop today. That guy would say, I'll do a three-day strike in a second if that means that I can have a job, because either way, I'm going to be gone then. Exactly. I mean, what's he got to lose? Yeah. That, that, that's what people and don't understand. And that's the worst position you ever want to be in is when you have nothing else to lose. You know what? I'm, I'm going to ask Senator Kramer. If, if there's an appropriate time for that to come up, I'm going to bring it up because... Out of anybody I know, he would actually understand that I'm not threatening or I'm not serious. I'm just relaying what some off-the-record conversations are to where we actually had one last week with J.P. Warren about this. He's having them too, remember? Yeah. He said that they're having them after his podcast too. Yeah. That these are real conversations that are being had. No one's serious about it. Well, but no, but it's saying, it's like what else is left? Right. I mean, that's you're, it. everybody's feeling like what else is left, and you're 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 using government to stop a pipeline and thereby devastating jobs, and then you're saying on the other hand, you're going to get solar jobs, alternative energy jobs. We're not going to guarantee those because it's a free market. We need to let that figure it out. So it's like, okay, you know what? Take away the word strike, and let's go back to three day vacation. There you go. We're going to take a three-day vacation while you guys figure it out. That's that's a new approach. Something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, if you guys just are going to keep threatening and all this other stuff, we'll just take three days You remember off. that stuff we read about in, uh, <laughs> what was it? Was it Aspen or Austin, Colorado? 
the the pipeline. The it was Earth Aspen. First, was Aspen. Yeah, up okay. in Aspen with the spray paint. Where you it know, shut down forty five hundred right. homes. Right, and, and as far as we were able to tell, the only damage was spray paint. But because of that, they had to shut everything down for safety. They had to reignite That's everything. Definition of terrorism. Right. Yeah, I know. Isn't it weird though that conversely that actually that would have been a great example of what happens if you don't have natural gas and heating. Well, without right? a doubt. And it was the environmental activist that was... But but nobody took that angle. No. Nobody talked about that side of it. That's yeah. why I'm saying that... It's almost like it, 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 they would prove the oil and gas point if they had actually succeeded in shutting down Aspen for longer than they did. I mean, that you know, because we're talking about a three-day strike or something. They essentially created vacation. a strike. Vacation. 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 Because strike means that the, the Secret Service might come in and shut us down. So you got some people on the... Because on <laughs> well, it would destroy the oh, economy. Yeah. Like I said, the operators don't even like this There's, talk. Yeah. They do not even want this talk Dude, to Dude, Wall Street's got to be freaking out when they hear talk like this from anybody that's serious. Without a doubt. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, to the point to where, you know... People are having this conversation because it's just a... It's desperation. It's desperation man. time yeah. for a lot of people, without a doubt. All right, what do we got next? All right, well, okay, on the other side of Before the economy... Before we get banned, <laughs> we better get to the next news story. Oh, man. So one of the things that has been showing up a little bit lately uh, is the decriminalization and the monetization of marijuana. So you've had, uh, what, several different states just in the last election. That's with oil and gas? Uh, no. Oh. You, you asked me for another story. Oh, it's Friday, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, this is business, man. I, I didn't know what you were going at. So I was like, "What? how is this going to wrap in together? Okay. Well, you were talking about industry in general and entrepreneurs yeah. and and, uh, and and being really good at uh, coming up with, with innovative ideas. So the pot industry is starting to see a boom. Because what they are looking at long term is an overall end to prohibition, at least on a on a federal persecution level. So while GameStop and other places are getting all the attention right now uh, on Wall Street with the hedge funds and the squeezes that we are learning about, pot stocks apparently are doing really well. They've been volatile over the past year, but with the arrival of the new administration and the sort of idea that it's going to be a more liberal Congress. They think they've got a better shot. So strong has momentum grown that a CEO of a marijuana company that counts Jay-Z, Rihanna, and DJ Khaled as investors went public via the industry's largest ever SPAC. Says he's 100% certain the U.S. will see decriminalization of marijuana in the next two years. We do believe that prohibition is essentially over, said Michael Ackman, chairman of the parent company. Wow. Well, that's, yeah, that's foregone conclusion. Um, now, see, how do you see that? As, you do, you do a lot of uh, traveling, yeah. and you go down through Colorado a lot, yep. and yep. there's a bunch of stuff we've been talking about in Colorado in oil and gas, and yet it's also sort of the test bed for how do you monetize legalization of pot, right? The, the, they, they've, they've come in, they've regulated it, they've taxed it, mm-hmm. uh, and as I understand it, they've turned it into a, a you know, 70 to $80 million a year business in terms of tax revenue. So it's a legitimate industry, okay? It is. And, and there, there is... Talk about green. There's some unbelievable innovations that come out of it. And actually, there's a lot of very ecological innovations mm. that come out of it for saving water and figuring out new ways to grow plants, okay? Um, what the industry has done in Colorado should, in my opinion, be applauded because they went into certain blight areas of downtown and certain industrial areas mm-hmm. and cleaned it up. Yeah. 
They had to upgrade hundreds of thousands of dollars of their ventilation systems because of the skunky smell. And they also learned a lot about how to control the grid better Mm -hmm. because the amount of energy that was needed to do the lights, they were causing major problems. It's an interesting connection, isn't it? Well, totally. Yeah. Without a doubt. so Power driving an industry. Who would have thought? Exactly. And, and the oil and gas industry has been extremely critical mm-hmm. to the rise of the marijuana industry or the cannabis industry. Is that an Not, ideological thing, you think? It's just, it's, it all comes back around. I mean, when, when I was talking to guys from normal 10, 15 years ago, when mm-hmm. they were first starting this crusade, uh, we'd have them on the air, you know, at least I would have them on quarterly at the very least just to, you know, find out what's going on. They went on. from fringe to front row pretty quick, it seemed like. Well, 15 years ago, they were saying that this this is a bottom to top fight. Sure. is This is a legitimate grassroots. And it's the exact same way prohibition of alcohol was reversed back when the feds really? did it back in the day. Yeah, okay. it took a state by state. Well, that's why in some places in Kentucky and West Virginia, it's still dry. There's still dry counties, yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's a grassroots effort. So I do believe that's what it's going to take for the oil and gas industry at this point, just because of where the public conversation is. Mm-hmm. Most people, it's a foregone conclusion that oil and gas is going to go away. They don't even know how it's going to happen, but it's okay, all right. You pledge know, this, pledge that, pledge, pledge, pledge. Not to date us too much, but you and I grew up in the late 70s and the early 80s. That's when we sort of started to come of age and, and pay attention to things, right? Mm-hmm. And so we grew up at the end of that that oil crunch, energy crunch, OPEC, uh, you know, where it was gas lines and stuff like that. I remember as a kid, my dad driving us at night to a gas station with the lights out because he knew a guy that would sell him a can of gas, that kind of stuff. The ads that Exxon and Shell were putting out then, you would have thought that everybody would be against the energy companies, right? That they've screwed this up. Now we can't get gas, right? But you, if you watch commercials uh, and marketing from that time from Exxon and Shell, they were all about, hey, we're going to get through this. We're learning how to innovate. Yeah. We're going to make it better. Whenever we've had problems with energy, we've generally sort of coalesced and it's let's do it together. Now... It's an attack. It's always an attack. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I got lost on just if your dad got busted (laughs) buying some back alley gasoline after hours (laughs) with his kid in the back of the car, you know, like. No seatbelt, no car seat. You started on a drug story, so my mind was still there going, okay, you know, what are the ramifications on this? Uh, but no, uh, the bigger point is there. It, it, it is to where we have to get back to the inclusion. We have to get back to the building the bridge. We have to get back to everybody uses energy so we can't do this rank discrimination no, we're all part on of both it. sides. We're, either all, we're all part of the problem and part of the solution. We're all plugged in. We all draw power. We all use it. It's right. integral to our lives, so... Well, it's, 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 it's interesting, but it is all tied together. And what's interesting, though, about the cannabis industry is that um, the energy, uh, oil and gas, has really allowed it to become what it is. Yeah. And there's going to be a new movement that's going to happen to the tune to where drug testing is going to change in organizations, uh, jobs, all kinds of different things. Well, that's one of the problems now is that if it's legal in the state that you live in, you can still fail a drug test. Did you know 
that a lot of the drug-sniffing dogs no longer are for cannabis. Doesn't surprise me. Because after it went legal in Vegas, Mm -hmm. so many people just walking the strip would get it over their clothes (laughs) that it would just... Just set the dogs off crazy. Old, you know, Harriet and George Wilbur Johnson, (laughs) you know, they... It's always the quiet The the drug-sniffing dogs were going nuts on them because they walked past Caesars. Well, maybe they can transition them to the pipe sniffers. All those potheads at Circus Circus. (laughs) (laughs) Only way they can enjoy that casino. Anyway, so what do we got next for us? Oh, well, I thought I'd transition to something a little bit more serious here from the... by the way, these pickles are good that the neighbors brought by. These are uh, sweet horseradish pickles. That's so if what you, you've been chewing So if you on. hear me crunching, that's, that's what, what you're is. crunching on. All right, this it's is from the New York Post. 81-person French orgy broken up for violating COVID-19 curfew. I'm guessing there wasn't enough masks. Rooster blockers. <laughs> An 81-person orgy at a French warehouse was broken up by police last Friday for violating a coronavirus curfew. Apparently, orgies are cool, but... There was a curfew. The sex party. Leave it to the French. About 20 miles outside of Paris. Also a featured. sex party. Yeah, booze, sound systems, and light installations. A sex party. I think I saw <laughs> this movie, Is that what movie, it says man. in the yeah. article? Yeah. Is that what they said? Police responded to the party at 9 p.m., three hours after the curfew, and first found 11 people in the parking lot. Once they were able to legally enter the warehouse at 11, they discovered the orgy. <laughs> I never. They're quoted as saying the event was a breach of curfew, and there were also problems with masks and social distancing. I never even <laughs> thought of how the new COVID regulations are going to be a lubricant into personal lives like this, just because nice. it's past curfew. Yep. The lubricant, nice. Yeah, the wordplay. <laughs> I didn't even try to do it, but I, I thought oh, I better it just do slid it. right in there. Slid right in. Um, but it is because the police are going to be called on more ridiculous whatevers. I wonder if that was part of it. It's They're like, going to discover the hidden lives a lot quicker. Yeah. This sounds like the uh, end scene in Eyes Wide Shut, that's that Tom Cruise movie. Thought. But yeah. I'm wondering, because the orgy had apparently been going on for a couple hours. What if the getting busted was part of it? It's like, hey, we're going to have wild sex for a couple hours, and then for a real kick and kink at the end, the cops are going to bust us. I don't know. If you're going to an orgy with 81 other people, I you might be into some weird shit. Never even thought that an orgy would last for two hours so i guess my question is is how long do they normally last <laughs> they the regular they wasn't even two hours they apparently found several gallons of gatorade and <laughs> eyes wide shut wasn't even two hours and that spanned several days yeah that sounds like it was written by a Fagilio. teenager right not not somebody who's actually uh, been in the world for a while oh, so that's a nice way to end it on uh, friday if you're going to have Ooh. an orgy make sure that it's apparently social distanced I'd like Zoom to, orgies, I guess. You know what? We should we should call the city and find out what type of permitting we need for this. <laughs> call call the city and say, say city, city plan. France, or are you talking about here? Yeah, just you know, locally in Bach in town, USA, <laughs> shale play, USA. Hey, they do Polar Plunge. I bet you we could get a permit. <laughs> nope. Austin, Texas. Forget it. Boulder, Austin, Texas. Okay. Boulder, Colorado, yeah. or Austin, Texas. Let's do it in the right a city. A little, little chillier All up right. Here. Something that, you know, a more liberal city that we would expect these sex parties to happen yeah, at. Heathens. So, and they get mad at them say, well, what do you, what do you mean you and don't And of course it this? was in France. I mean, come on. 
If there was going to be a, a giant orgy. Call the city of uh, Austin, Texas and say, I'd like to permit because we're going to have an orgy and we want to make sure that we're within COVID regulations. <laughs> what do you recommend? Like, it's not even it's not even surprising that it says French orgy, but if it had been like Arkansas orgy broken up, you know? <laughs> the FBI would have been called on that one. Oh, folks, that's the news for your Friday. And with that, we're going to hand it off to U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer in a couple minutes here as I go get my composure and get myself ready to interview U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer coming up in the work hard portion. But that's going to do it for play hard. Oh, Super Bowl picks. Who do you got? I'm going with Kansas. Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. And uh, do you got a score? Um, I'm thinking it's going to be 38 to 27. 38-27. 38-27. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh. 31-28. 31-28. It's going to be a close game is what we're going Because I got weird ways that come and go and they stay.